0: Hey everybody welcome to over under sports podcast i'm mike schatz with my co-host craig mesmer how do you do there mez how's it going chats good to see you good to see you as well a lot a lot of a lot of you know it's it's mid-june you think we'd be talking baseball but the hottest thing the hottest ticket right now is those nba playoffs man i will be honest i have not
1: watched oh, i've watched some baseball i've kept up with it i have not watched a lot i've actually been much more into the nba playoffs than i've been in a long time i really didn't think i would get into the playoffs as much as i have this year but there have been some very intriguing storylines some good games and we decided for episode 19 that we're going to pretty much just have to stick with the nba because there's so much going on today so much nba news why don't you run us down a couple of the the lead stories what's been happening
0: well you know there are a lot of in- injuries is the big thing that i i've taken away from i mean there's been some great games you know there's a couple series that are tied two two I mean, the, the Sixers Hawks, how about those Hawks? You know, your your yep. boy Trey Young, you know, that series is tied 2-2, Jazz Clips 2-2. Uh, you know, the only team that's resting right now is the Suns, you know, and that, that leads us into another story altogether with all the things are going on, like, off the court, not not really in a bad way, per se. No one's, like, getting in trouble, but, I mean, a lot of, lot of good storylines this year in the NBA. I mean, you know, coming out of the bubble from last year, you know, which everyone watched the playoffs last year in the bubble, now they're back in their home court. You know, fans are at the games. NBA playoffs are are important this year. What do you say? I
1: agree. I mean, and you talk about, you know, the Suns are resting, but based on the news that came out this morning, they they might not be resting very comfortably because (laughs) Chris Paul is, now we don't know exactly what it is, but he's been, Deemed, you know, out indefinitely due to COVID protocol, they said he's been vaccinated, but they said he did test positive. And as we talked about, just because you've been vaccinated doesn't, you know, guarantee anything 100%. But a major, major story, forget about the medical aspect of it, because we're no experts there. But in terms of the sports aspect a guy who's playing as well as anybody in the league right now, this side of Kevin Durant, I guess, Uh um, and leading the Suns. I saw an interesting little stat. They said the other night he had 15 assists and zero turnovers, and he was the first player in the playoffs to put up that stat line since he did it seven years ago. And he was the first player then to do it since he did it four years before that or whatever it was. So, in other right. words, Chris Paul is playing some of the best basketball of his life, but he might be out for Phoenix. And if he's out, that would be a huge blow to the Suns' hopes of making it to the finals because he's, you know, he's driving the train for them. No question about it. I mean, you know, by far his play
0: alone and the Suns, and the Monty Williams story and Monty Williams and him have a, a past from when they were in new Orleans. I mean, it's a great feel good story. Then also to come to a crashing halt after, I mean, he played his tail off in that last game, uh, you know, Chris Paul and you should, Saw him and Monty Williams embrace after the game. You know, yeah, couldn't do it without you, you know, things like that. And all of a sudden, boom, crashing halt. You know, I talked to a, a, a friend of mine who's a big Kentucky fan. And I said, you know, can uh, the Suns be led by Devin Booker alone? And he said, you know, maybe Devin Booker can win one or two games, but he doesn't think that if the Suns can get to the championship, it'd be hard for Devin Booker to carry the franchise the whole way out without a Chris Paul. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it'd be tough.
1: Well, I mean, I guess the way it's going, it's almost you know, it's it's like we said, it's going to kind of be a battle of attrition. It's almost you're going to see teams that are in the finals; they all might be missing guys. Kawhi Leonard now we're hearing has ACL issues; could be out. He's out indefinitely. Could be out for the remainder of the playoffs for the Clippers. Just when they were starting to feel good about things, um, the Sixers have you know been without Embiid at times. The Bucks have been missing the Divincenzo kid. The Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis, and of course the Nets they're missing probably more than anybody because they're missing their entire starting backcourt. Although Harden did play last night, didn't play well, especially in the first half. He definitely looked rusty. I was watching bits and pieces of the first half, a lot of the second half. He was definitely out of sync, but give the guy credit. He played a ton of minutes. He was out there doing what he could do, at least acting as a decoy. And it helped. Now, obviously they won because of, you know, KD. (laughs) He had one of the most epic playoff games you're ever going to see. The guy played all 48 minutes, scored 49 points. 17 boards 10 assists and just basically willed them to a victory so for all the Kevin Durant lovers out there I'm not one of them <laughs> I, I don't I don't like him but I, re- I certainly respect he's one of the great basketball players in the game today he's a top five player right now he's a top 20 25 player of all time I just never liked the fact when he ran off to Golden State to go win so I'm not the hugest fan of his I kind of root against him but you got to acknowledge the guy just put up one of the most epic games in recent memory last night against the Bucs. And they needed it because they were, the Nets were starting to tailspin. They were starting to tailspin in that game. They were down 10, 15 points early. Um, and they clawed their way back in and got a, a much needed victory on home court to send it to three to two back to Milwaukee.
0: Well, you know, if the Nets don't make the championship, it's such a disappointment because the whole Kyrie Irving circus that's around him, he's hurt again. Now, I feel like he stays hurt. You know, I'm not a Harden fan. I just, I don't know. Just something about him just bothers me. Um, I I don't mind Durant. I mean, I understand what you're talking about when he went to Golden State, but it's the same thing LeBron James did when he went to Miami. All these players are doing that. They're trying to build these super teams to compete. You know, it's an arms race, if you will. Uh, You know, Chris Paul's been dealt around, but he's always been dealt not out of his own choice. He's been traded. Like he didn't really run somewhere. He always gets traded somehow. And he's always like involved with the trade. And he always
1: makes the teams better. You know, And, and okay. the one time he would have formed, not to cut you off, the one time he would have formed a super team, they tried to send to the Lakers to play with Kobe and the league ixnayed the deal and wouldn't let him go. They, they, right. they didn't approve the trade because otherwise that would have been you know another. And I, I agree. I have no problem with Chris Paul. And look, I, I recognize Durant's an amazing talent. LeBron James is, in my estimation, the second best basketball player of all time. I can recognize and appreciate and respect what they do and their accomplishments. doesn't mean I have to like them. I root against them hard. So right. they're not likable to me. I don't like guys that do that. You know, Jordan didn't, Jordan didn't sit there and say, you know what, maybe I'll go play with Boston. Maybe I'll go team up with magic. And no, he figured out a way to beat them. He took right. his lumps. He got better. He got players around him better. And eventually he beat them. So, you know, I always go back to go back to my Jordan, my Jordan love when we talk about, LeBron and these guys with their super teams. I'm just not a big fan of it, but it is what it is.
0: That's right. Now, does this performance
1: by Kevin Durant make him one of the greatest of all time? I think he was already. He's already in my book. If I had a, you know, if and some of this is look. We understand we're not solving world problems here. It's this is the toy department. We're talking about you know top ten lists and who's better, Michael or LeBron. This is just for fun. I would have put. Kevin Durant's already a top 20 to 25 player. Yes. When he has a game like that last night, it kind of makes you say, okay, he, you know, now look, it was, he didn't take the team to the finals. It, it wasn't in a game seven. He, he doesn't have a championship ring. He's holding up a Brooklyn when He basically did it by himself. It was a game five of a conference semifinals. He played great. There's no question about it. He's going to have to do it a couple more times or at least come close to that level before he kind of, you know steps it up a notch but to me Kevin Durant is already a first ballot hall of famer one of the best scorers of all time and he and he does come up big in the playoffs I will say that you know you can you can not like a guy but you can at least be objective and intelligent about your analysis which is what I always try to do and and, and Durant's a great player I mean he's argue when he's on he's as good as anybody in the league he's so tough to stop because he can just score at will whether it's outside off the dribble spotting up down low I mean he's He's like what, seven feet tall, and yeah, he looks a, like he's looks like he's eight feet tall out there sometimes.
0: He's long too, and he, he's a tough he's a tough matchup problem. If he's playing underneath, you know, you got a big center, a big bulky center trying to guard him. If he's outside, you know, he can just overpower smaller players to try to guard him. So you know, he right. he does pose a serious matchup problem. But we'll see what happens. I mean, if if the Nets beat the Bucks, you know, I saw a headline today that says Kawhi or. Um, Giannis is not the man and Budenholzer is not the guy, not the coach. So, right. I mean, is it, does, does Giannis leave Milwaukee, you know, well, you know, what, what did
1: Giannis sign another contract? Did he renew or is he, I, I'm not sure what, I mean, you got to remember they had one all time, you know, franchise type player and they lost him. They had, Lou Alcindor, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, whatever he was called at the time, he ended up leaving to go to the Lakers. This is now their second shot at the apple of getting, you know, arguably one of the top three to five players in the league in his prime. I'm sure Milwaukee wants to do whatever they possibly can to keep him there for another 10 years. And here's the other thing too, you got to keep in mind, this stuff changes so quickly that 24 hours ago, if you'd asked, half the people would have said, I'll take Giannis over Durant. After one game, all of a sudden, oh, Giannis is terrible. Their coach is terrible. When he comes out and has 50 points in game six, all of a sudden everybody be on the Giannis bandwagon again. I mean, the guy is a two-time MVP. He's, he takes three dribbles to go the length of the court. He's unstoppable at times. I, I Obviously, he has to win. That's what it comes down to for all these guys. I To answer your question, to go back to KD real quick, I give him an extra notch after what he did last night. I think when, when a guy comes out with limited help around him without the superstars around him and puts up a game like that. Yeah, that definitely says something to me and means something. Um, But again, they're still, you know, they're not even in the conference finals yet, let alone the NBA finals. So everybody should also, you know, settle down a little bit.
0: (laughs) So you're saying, (laughs) so you're saying if the Nets beat the Bucks, it's not surprising, but let's go to the other Eastern conference matchup. The Sixers Hawks. I mean, Trey Young, I mean, he's he's put this team on his back and he he's pretty good. You know, he's awful good. He's real good. And
1: I would say this, you know, the Sixers should be I'm shocked they lost. If you would have told me before the game that the Hawks were going to win, I would have been a little surprised in game four. If you would have told me that they're going to win this game as they were down 18 in the first half or whatever it was, I was shocked that Philly lost that game. And I think Philadelphia should be very, very careful. They are the better team. They should still win the series. I think they still will win the series. But you have to remember this. They're now 2-2 with a young and dangerous team. And Trey Young has not shot the ball well in the last three games at all. If he comes out in game five and actually starts making some shots, Philadelphia is going to be in a lot of trouble. Because right now, the guy's really just a facilitator with the basketball. And he's doing it with, you know, 18 assists and getting everybody else involved. But if he goes off for a 45-point game, Philly's going to be in trouble because that team can shoot the lights out. They're young, they're hungry, and they were basically beaten down and the Sixers let them back up off the mat. And I think that is a recipe for disaster, potentially at least. Philly's still the better team. I mean, you're a Sixers guy. You know that if they play up to their capabilities, they can beat anybody and they will beat Atlanta if they play up to you know their level of where they can be. But that's also a big if. You never know with them.
0: So so, all right. Let's 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 forecast the future here, Maz. Let's say that the Hawks beat the Sixers. What happens to Doc Rivers? Is he back next year? Does he get fired? What what
1: happens there? Wow, well, I think Doc Rivers will be back because I think they know that he's he's a reputable coach. He's got you know he's got a pedigree. He's got has he won a ring as a coach? No, but he's got a, a long standing um, resume in the NBA. I think he would be back. I think the guy that might not be back. And, you know, interesting to hear your take as a Sixers fan. Would you, is Ben Simmons coming back? Now, obviously he's signed for many, many years and signed to 30, $40 million contracts each year. So he's going to be hard to be dealt, but would you trade him and try to get somebody like Damian Lillard or try to get a package of young players? Or what would you, what would you want to do with Simmons?
0: Yes, I would. I would take Dame time over Ben Simmons any day of the week. Dame Dame time is a hardcore killer out there. I mean, he is just, you know, he, he is, he's, Portland's never had much around him. And, you know, I, I think Dame time, and I just like watched him play. I mean, yeah, he's a little over the top sometimes with his antics, but I mean, he is, he's I mean, that dude shoots from the logo. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, he's, I would take, I would take Damian Lillard over Ben Simmons anytime. If it was a straight up one-on-one trade, maybe
1: throw in a pick. I'd
0: right. take that pick. I would take that trade. I agree. I think a lot of
1: Sixer fans would too, just because you're getting, I mean, Ben Simmons is tremendous. He's, he could have won defensive player of the year. He finished second, but he was unanimous selection. He's a great facilitator. When he backs you down in the paint, if you're a, you know, a normal sized six, two point guard, he's impossible to stop. But then at other times, I mean, the guy won't shoot the ball from more than five feet away from the basket. He just literally goes invisible at times. He can't make foul shots. He looks scared to be on the line at times. So, I mean, a very intriguing point, very talented player, but a very flawed player too. And that's, that's kind of what I think of when I think of the Sixers, they they can be, they can beat anybody when they're on. But then they have you know second halves where Joel Embiid goes over twelve. They're right. flopping all over the floor. They're bouncing basketballs off their legs out of bounds, and they look like some, you know, circus team rather than you know the best team in the Eastern Conference as the number one seed.
0: They're so tonight hitting, should be
1: interesting. Two game, two game five should be interesting. They're out there hitting each other with the hot mops and whatnot. It feels like yeah. sometimes you know <laughs> a little jerky boys reference. <laughs> it's never a bad thing. That's right. I
0: mean, you know, I think it, it, with the Sixers if they do lose. I can see them giving Doc Rivers a pass, thinking, you know, hey Embiid's hurt, we need to get him some help, anyways. You might see some offseason things. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, like you said, the Sixers should beat the Hawks, but you know, like you said, the Hawks came back 18 points down and, and won convincingly. I mean, it wasn't you know it wasn't a one or two point win. It was a convincing win. So you know, uh, I like Trey Young. I mean, he was he was electric in college. I mean, that dude can shoot. You know, uh, he's got you know he's got a few flaws to his game. I like, like every player, but I mean, he, the guy can shoot. Like you said, when he's on. A lot of these guys are live by the three, die by the three, you know. Uh, And you talk about free throw shooting. That's a knock against Luka Doncic that he doesn't—he's not a good free throw shooter, or Giannis is not a good free throw shooter. I mean, those guys got to shoot free throws because they're going to get the ball at the end of the game, and they're going to get fouled. They got to—they got to convert free throws. I mean, that's right. You know, it's a lost art, honestly.
1: Especially if you're a guard and the ball is going to be in your hands, and that's why you know, give give uh, Embiid credit. The guy's a tremendous foul shooter. He makes 85% of his foul shots as a big man. He's got tremendous touch. You don't want to foul Embiid. I think you're going to see teams really go hardcore into fouling Simmons if it's coming down to the end of the game. And, you know, Philly has shooters. They have Embiid. Tobias Harris can score. He's, he's, you know, very solid. I think if it gets down to, you know, a tight game, three minutes left, you're going to see Ben Simmons at the foul line a lot. And then it's nail-biting time for Sixer fans.
0: I still think Coach. he needs. Gla- I still think he needs glasses. That's uh, that's the cure all. <laughs> I, I mentioned that last week, and the more I think about it, he just may just need a good eye eye exam, get uh, his vision checked. Yes, I mean he comes out next year in goggles, like you said. That would that would be her- hilarious. But you know,
1: let's go. What? Let's go. Go ahead. Here's the other thing real quick. Here's the other watching these NBA playoffs. I mean, I think the the other takeaway you talked about the injuries is a is a theme right now. And there's no question about it. The other theme that I think with all the three point shooting that takes place is that basically there's no lead that's ever safe. If you're down 15 and it's the first half, you might as well throw a money line bet on the team that's that's down by 15 and see if they can pull it out and get some great odds, because no lead is ever safe. I mean, you can shoot your way back into a game within about five minutes. The Sixers were up 18 the other night and lost. The Nets were up, uh, the Nets were, excuse me, the Nets were down last night early, about 12, 15 points, came back and won. It's like these teams just shake off these, these big leads that they're suffering. They're behind by a lot and they just kind of come back and inch their way back. And all of a sudden it's, you know, a two point game. You're seeing that more and more. And I think that's because of the three point shot that if one team goes cold, and another team gets hot, you can see a 12-point swing in a matter of, you know, two or three minutes. Well, the
0: thing about basketball that I, I noticed the most, and watching it, you know, watching my sons play basketball watching college, and bro, basketball's a game of runs. And if yep. you can stop, you know, if you can get a, get on a run, like I said, 15 points with a three-point shot is not a big lead, honestly. You know, like I you said, okay. your team gets hot, or they can shoot a little bit, and they're getting hot, they, they, hit, they can cut that 15-point lead down to two or three real, real quick. You know, and if teams play – if teams actually play defense – you know, in the playoffs, the teams tend to step up their defense a little bit. You know, that's the one knock everyone gives the NBA about they don't play defense anymore. But, you know, if a team plays defense and starts shooting the ball well, anything can happen in the, in the NBA playoffs, especially, you know.
1: Well, that's I mean, Durant had his epic game. No question. He was the player of the game. But, you know, kind of quietly, um, they had a guy who went seven of eight from behind the arc to help Durant. I mean, right there, eight possessions, 21 points. You can have eight possessions could be in two minutes. So there's a 21 point run that was obviously didn't happen within a condensed two minute version of the, but I'm just saying, if you get hot shooting the three pointer, you, like you said, you can close leads quickly. You can expand leads quickly. That's why golden state was always so great because you were hanging with them. You were down three. All of a sudden you look up, you're down by 15. And like two minutes went off the clock. You're like, what the heck just happened? Well, Klay Thompson hit two of them. Curry came down, hit three of them. Draymond Green hit one. And all of a sudden you're, you're getting blown out. So I do think there's, you know, what, what do you think watching basketball? And obviously we both grew up in, you know, watching the eighties and all through the nineties when it was a much different sport. Are you a fan of all this three point shooting? I mean, and you have games where there's, you know, 63 pointers attempted, I'm more um, of a fan of getting a download of the big man and seeing some, you know, passing and setting screens. How do you feel about it? Well,
0: you know, I've watched I've watched more amateur basketball the last 3 or 4 years than anything like in person. You know, I, I, we don't have an NBA franchise in Louisville yet. You know, Pacers are close, but I mean, I don't watch NBA on on TV when it's in the playoffs, but you know, I see a lot of kids shooting threes who have no business shooting threes, but I think that's the culture of basketball now. Is everyone wants to be able to shoot threes. You know, I, I went and watched Luke play in some travel, a little travel team for like two weeks. Everyone just chucks threes. It, there was no offense. There was no nothing. It was pass, shoot, threes. If you get the rebound, put it up. Right? Right. You know, and that's, that's what the NBA. Now, if you're a legitimate three, like a, a Kyle Korver, that dude has made a career of shooting threes. Right. JJ Redick, he's made a career of shooting threes. guys like that who are legitimate sharpshooters. And, and they're talented basketball players. That's their role on the team. You know, you got a kid like Clay Thompson or Steph Curry who they're, they, they're scores. Curry just happens to be probably one of the best shooters ever. You know, his dad was no slouch either. But I mean, his brother's I, a good shooter for the Sixers. Steph yeah. Curry's a real good shooter himself,
1: but he's, you know, third best in the family.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, you know, live by the three, die by the three. I mean, I've seen some teams who, you know, that when they're, like I said, when they're hot, they're, they're scoring 90, 120 points a game. When they're not, they're scoring 78. You know, right they have no, what's your plan B, you know, if a team's a, a, a three-point shooting team and they go cold, what, what's your next, what's your next move? What do you have next? Are you going to press and run? Or are you going to, you know, so that's, that's an any sport, you know, you can't, you can't hang your hat on one scheme. At least I, I don't think, you know,
1: it's but. amazing. All, all the NBA, you know, it's, it's everybody's around the arc, the shot goes up. And if you watch tonight, just watch any, any game, but you know, two games on tonight, There's no one in the paint from the offense that will go for a rebound on probably 80% of the possessions. Right. There'll be four guys on defense. You know, everybody just hangs out behind the arc. The shot goes up. And for the most part, they all go back on defense because either the shot's going in or, well, it missed. And now we got to go play D. But there is basically no offensive rebounding in the NBA anymore. And to me, that's a fun part of it is to watch guys bang into each other and, you know, go for bo- boards and loose balls and everything like that. It's really become a three point shooting contest. And you have guys, you know, the center on Milwaukee. I mean, it doesn't matter who they just, they all shoot the three Yeah. <laughs> other than Ben Simmons. They all shoot. Right. Three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, like, like you said, when you
0: mentioned earlier, the NBA of the 90s, that was a more physical NBA when you had your Shaquille O'Neal's and your Larry Johnson's and your, you know, Alonzo Mornings and your Dikembe Matumbo, much more The Nick teams,
1: the Heat teams, yeah. you know, the, you, you 85 83 was a, you know, a typical out, uh, final score in a lot of playoff games.
0: You know, yeah. I, I saw a funny meme It said, you know, they asked Michael Jordan, do you think your team of the, uh, your championship teams that the Bulls could beat uh the, the Lakers of today. And he's like, yeah, maybe by two or three. He's like, why only by two or three? He's like, because we're all 60 years old. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> you, you know, Jordan uh, thinks he can still, his team can right. still win against a uh, a modern team. Just a different style of play. And now it's just, it's run and gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. So if you can't shoot, you won't be in the league very long. Ben Simmons, he's an anomaly. He's a big, what, 6'8", 6'10", point I guard. He's,
1: yeah, he's more like 6'10", 6'11", almost, you know? yeah.
0: He he's a man without a position. You know, he his body does not say point guard, but his skill set does. So, you know, usually your point guards like a Chris Paul can
1: shoot three pointers
0: a little bit too. So, you know, it is what it is.
1: There's now this just popped popped through on my. I get a feed from the Athletic, which is a really I like the app. I like the the writing they have at the Athletic. Donnie Nelson and the Mavericks, the GM for the Mavericks. They have just parted ways. So within the last 24 hours, within the last like 12 hours, you got the Kawhi Leonard injury. You got the Chris Paul COVID stuff. Stan Van Gundy was fired with the Pelicans. I think there might have been another coach fired too. Now you got the Mavericks general manager parting ways and leaving the team. And there was a lot of talk the last couple of days I saw about, you know, maybe they're not so... Maybe Doncic doesn't want to be there long term, and you know, to me, he's a guy that if if there's one team that needs to keep anybody for the long term, it's the Mavericks and Luka Doncic. Right. Um, so, just a lot of a lot of NBA news. Literally, as we're it was like today we were doing. Um, when all the trades came down and right before the NFL draft, when you had like two or three major trades within about 10 minutes of each other. That's what, it, that's what it feels like today with all the NBA news going on
0: Well, you know, fast and furious. You know, it's funny because the Nelson family has been a, a mainstay in Dallas for years. You know, Don Nelson, the dad was coached there for several years and he was the GM as well. And now Donnie Nelson, his son, you know, yep. that's, 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 you know, Mark Cuban, maybe he wants to see him win. Maybe he's going to build some pieces with around Luca, you know, you would hope so.
1: I would hope so. I mean, I think he's smart enough to recognize that. And in my estimation, Luka Doncic, he's not there yet. I mean, he's only 22. He just turned 22. But to me, if you had to take, if you could buy stock in one player for the next 10, 12, 15 years, to me, it would be Luka Doncic. I think he's the next, once LeBron steps down and, you know, the dust settles for the next decade, Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA coming up. He's just not quite there yet. He's got to hit his foul shots. He's still got to figure out how to win a little bit and they got to surround him with some better talent, but. And he's he's got to stay he's, healthy. He's got he's got the it factor. Well, yeah, and right now that's that's certainly the uh, the rallying cry throughout the NBA. Who's healthy? No one.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, let's let's look at the West Coast uh, games before we sign off, man. So you got uh, let's see here. You got the Jazz are home chilling. So or not the Jazz. The Suns are home chilling. So that's that's good for them. You know, hopefully they get Chris Paul back. Um, you got uh, Clippers Jazz tied two two. You know, yep. Jazz are pretty good. Um, so what's your call there? You got
1: one game, one series left Clippers jazz. What do you got? I think, I think if Kawhi Leonard is not going to play and the more and more it's, I mean, he's definitely not playing in game five and it's, you know, all of a sudden there's only a couple games left in the series. He's got an ACL. I have a feeling we're not going to see Kawhi Leonard anymore. I think that tips the scales massively to Utah's side donovan mitchell was great now look he's Stephen smith said he's the greatest jazz player of all time he's better than carl malone which to me is an absolutely ridiculous statement but right. you know the guy's he's been a really good player for three or four years but settle down you're talking about carl malone right um but i think I, I i think if it if Kawhi's out i gotta go with the jazz if Kawhi's able to come back now if he's got some major injury how, how good is he gonna be like we saw harden last night yeah harden played but He was a shell of his former self. Sometimes you just need the time to rest. And if you have enough time, you can come back like Durant did and give him credit. He came back from a major injury and now he's on top of the, you know, top of the league again. Um, So it's possible, but not on a timeline of, you know, days, you need months and, you know, longer than that. So I I think the Suns are in a good spot. If the longer this series goes, the happier Phoenix is. They would love to see, they would love to see Clippers Jazz get extended to seven games, a couple of overtimes. Right.
0: I wouldn't mind playing. You know, Kawhi might pull some Willis Reed type shit and come out, you know, at halftime with a bad yeah. knee and drag his leg out there and yeah. you
1: know, do it. Well, that's knows, five minutes it. of the game. Here comes the claw. That's right.
0: So, you know, so the, I, I like the Suns if CP3 is back. I don't know if Devin Booker can carry him. If there's no Kawhi, you got to like the Jazz there. They're, they're a pretty good team. So, Jazz-Suns could be a good matchup. Now, I don't know if, you know, no CP3. Jazz are playing for the championship, I think. Uh, but... That's just me.
1: My, my nephew, Alex, who's a big sports guy who knows basketball really well, um, other than he overrates Kobe on his all-time list a little bit. But other than that, he knows basketball really well. He's of the mindset that when they're totally healthy, Clippers are the best team in the league. Hmm. Both conferences, Says Clippers have the best team, but obviously you take Kawhi Leonard out of that mix, that's, that's a big blow because he's a big postseason performer and you know he's he's a guy there's a guy that's done it before and literally put a team on his back with toronto right. and took them to a championship and basically did it about as single-handedly as every as anybody's ever done it but the guy's out a lot and it sounds like he's going to be out some more in this postseason something yeah. to keep an eye on i don't
0: think paul george can carry the load for the clippers i mean he couldn't do it in indiana um you know and, and luke's an indiana pacers fan he, he was never a huge you know pg3 pg PG guy, but I mean, I don't, I don't think Paul George can carry the, carry the load without Kawhi Leonard. I just don't think he, he, he's, he's good enough player. Um, but you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. That game's tonight at what? 10 o'clock. Might be past my
1: bedtime. Think at 10 o'clock. And then you talk about PG 13. There's another guy that came back from a horrific injury. Yes. And they thought maybe his career, he would never play again and give him credit. Now, can he, can he step it up and become, you know, that, that uh, first team, all NBA type player and play on that level that remains to be seen. I I have my doubts too, but I'm not willing to write the guy off quite yet, but he's another guy that came back from an injury that you thought this guy might never, you know, might be lucky to walk again, let alone play NBA basketball. Agreed. So it, it is quite amazing how these guys bounce back from these major injuries. Um, and now it's, it, it's going to be a matter of who stays the healthiest and who can get at least some of their, their big guns in the lineup contributing because everybody's hurt.
0: Well, that's why it's the playoffs. You know, you get seven games to prove your worth. So these games, are, I like seeing these games go 2 2, 3 2, 4 2. You know, I like to say game seven. Game sevens are exciting, but, you know, thankfully for the Suns, they didn't have to worry about it. Their home, re- you know, that was funny because uh, CP3 mentioned, Chris Paul mentioned the other day after the interview. I think he was like, well, now we get a couple days to relax and rest. And he yeah. that, you know, this happened. So, and little do you know NBA what's team.
1: coming around the corner for you. Yeah, I'm right. Really.
0: I hope the best for him, man. But, man, it's good talking to you about NBA playoffs. But, anything else you want to touch on before we leave?
1: No, just a couple of pivotal game fives tonight. I would expect both home teams, the Jazz and the Sixers, are both going to win, I would think, if I was betting. But I'm not. I'm just going to be watching and enjoying it. And you never know what could happen. That's why we watch it. And that's why it's great. It's, it's unscripted drama. That's right.
0: Well, Mez, we'll talk, I'm sure, before the, uh, before the playoff before the finals are
1: set. We'll do an episode before the finals are set. Maybe we'll talk a little baseball. Sounds good. Definitely get to the uh, hardball once the, the, the days of dog days of summer kick in and we'll focus primarily on baseball. Good talking to you, Shats.
0: All right, Ben's good talking to you, but thanks for joining us, everyone. This is over under sports podcast. I'm Mike Schatzer. That was Craig Mesmer. We'll see you guys next week.